Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series this Christmas season, RSVP. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you. Well, look, we're glad you're here today, and we're glad that you've come to celebrate the birth of Jesus with us. And particularly if you're a guest, we're glad that you accepted an invitation to join us. And we do hope that you'll join us again on subsequent Sundays. You know, invitations are powerful. Maybe you remember the sensational story from a few years ago uh, about Jamal Hinton and Wanda Dench. One day in November, Jamal got a text from an unknown number. It's Thanksgiving dinner on the 24th at my house, 3 o'clock. Well, Jamal didn't know who this mystery texture was, so he was a little confused, and he asked who it was. And the response came, your grandma. The mystery messenger replied this way, and Hinton, who's a teenager and happens to be African-American, asked uh, upon getting that response, send me a picture. (laughs) So she sent him a picture, and there she was, a white woman, and he said, you're not my grandma, but can I get a plate? And that's when this thing went viral. Because Wanda Dench replied, of course you can. That's what grandmas do. They feed everybody. So Hinton took a screenshot of this text exchange and posted it on his Instagram account. And that's when it blew up. It received widespread attention. And he took her up on her offer. He drove from Tempe, Arizona, down to Mesa to celebrate with Wanda and her family And he celebrated with Wanda and the family every year since. In fact, just a few weeks ago, they got together for their eighth Thanksgiving dinner. That accidental invitation from Wanda to Jamal changed both of their lives. And that's what an invitation can do. Speaking of invitations, the scriptures that were read today speak of invitations, and maybe you caught wind of them. We heard from Mary. Mary's invitation was from the Lord, and it was a significant invitation. It was an invitation to become the mother of the Son of the Most High. And then we heard Joseph's invitation. It was from God to be steadfast and to marry his fiancée, even though it looked like She had been unfaithful to him, and it was also to become the stepfather of the Son of God. You see, God invited them to trust him, to believe in him, and also to be part of the divine plan to save the world. And the last story that was read from Scripture today shows how God startled some shepherds with an invitation to see what he was doing, but it was also an invitation to be part of God's plan 
again to save the world. So let's backtrack and look at some of those scriptures. Remember God's invitation to the shepherds came as the angel announced this. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I've got good news for you, news which will make everyone very happy. Today, a Savior has been born to you, the Messiah, the Lord, in David's town. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped up and lying in a feeding trough. Now, if you're like me and you've heard this passage from Luke over and over again through the years of your life, you may have never thought about why the shepherds were the ones invited to witness the Son of God who had been born. Well, if you know the full story, you know that God would not have invited the current king of Israel, who was King Herod. He wouldn't have been invited to see this child who had been born to become the Messiah because Scripture will tell us, if you continue to read it, that he was a very jealous king. And if he had known that this child had been born and he had been invited to see it, he would have felt threatened. And in fact, eventually, that's what we read. He does feel threatened and he, he has hundreds of children slaughtered to try to prevent this Messiah from continuing to live. God also would not have sent an invitation to the religious leaders of Israel at that time. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the other spiritual leaders would have dismissed this child based on his family's social and economic status in life, his pedigree, they, would have, they will continue, as he grows, to dismiss him for many reasons. And then when you think about that first century culture and those people who lived there, they also would have found a reason not to believe that God had sent the Messiah to come in this way. The shepherds, though, the shepherds, on the other hand, would not be threatened by seeing this infant Messiah. They wouldn't dismiss him for his family's lack of social and economic standing. Shepherds were politically powerless. Shepherds were socially and economically among the lowest class of people. Spiritually, they were seen by the religious leaders as sinful people because being shepherds required that they continually be ceremonially, religiously unclean, and their job often prevented them from observing the laws of their faith. But the shepherds would have been open and receptive to the angel's message. Let's go back to the scriptures. After the shepherds received the invitation from the angel of the Lord, we read that they immediately, it's amazing, they immediately accepted the invitation. This is what they said. Well, then, let's go to Bethlehem and see what it's all about, all this that the Lord has told us. And they went, and they found Mary, and they found Joseph, and they found Jesus, and they saw the sign that the angel told them that they would see. Remember, the angel said, this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped up and lying in a feeding trough. And Jesus was right there. 
in the manger, a feeding trough. That was his first bed. It's important that we know that the invitation to the shepherds wasn't just to see what God was doing, though. It was also to participate in God's plan to save the world. And they did. They participated fully in God's plan because after seeing that the baby who had been born to be the Messiah was there, they spread the word about what the angel had said to them and about what they had seen with their own eyes. Remember, the Bible says this, all the people who heard it were amazed at the things the shepherds said to them. And then the story concludes, the shepherds returned to their fields. And as they returned to their fields, it says they're glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all they had seen. You know, when the shepherds accepted God's invitation, it changed their lives. They responded yes to God's invitation, and they had an experience that made them true believers in God and true worshipers of God. This invitation certainly didn't change their political or social or economic status. It didn't change their status with the religious leaders, but it did change their relationship with God. They believed. They believed now in God, and now they followed God, and they participated in God's plan to save the world. How did they participate? They did so by not keeping what they had seen and heard to themselves, but rather by telling others all that they had seen and heard, by sharing the good news that God had sent the Savior into the world to lead us out of the darkness of life and into light. And ever since the shepherds accepted God's invitation and started sharing the good news of what they had witnessed, the same good news has been shared over and over, millions, if not billions of times, and millions and millions of people have responded and accepted the invitation to believe in Jesus and to follow him. And in fact, that same invitation that God gave to the shepherds, he gives to you and to me. Like the shepherds were invited to see what God was doing and to participate in God's plan to save the world, so are we. Now, just by being here, you're getting a glimpse of what God is doing. You you see, here in this church and in churches all around the region, all around the country, all around the world, people are gathering today and tomorrow to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world, the, the light of the world. Christmas is about what the shepherds were invited to witness the incarnation. The incarnation is the fact that God sent his son into the world to become human, to live and experience life like us and show us the way back to our creator God. That's God's plan to save the world. And that's the hope that people who are followers of Jesus have experienced and have that there's more to this life than what we see and experience. 
that there's the promise that God is with us now in this lifetime and that through faith in Jesus, we can be with him forever. As we understand this, we need to know that the same invitation that God gave to the shepherds, he gives to us. God invites us to believe in and follow his son. And once we believe in and follow Jesus, he, like he invited the shepherds, invites us to be a part of his plan by sharing what we have seen and heard and experienced with others. Now, if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that you've been given an invitation to be a part of God's plan and to share that knowledge with others. So how will you respond? Well, hopefully you will respond yes. And if you respond yes, that means that you're part of God's plan to to save the world. You're part of God's plan to share the good news of Jesus with others. And I would even go so far to say that I believe that God has strategically put you in connection with friends and family and relatives and other acquaintances for you to be able to share with them what you have discovered in Jesus. Now, if you don't consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that you've been given an invitation to believe in him and follow him. And so you need to decide how you will respond. If you respond yes and you want to believe in and follow Jesus, you can do that right now. Very simply, you need to know this, that The Bible tells us that God loves every single one of us and wants to be in a relationship with us. But unfortunately, there's something in all of our lives that gets in the way of that relationship. It's our sin. It's the the things that we do that are wrong, our disobedience. That sin separates us from God, keeps us from having a relationship with him. But Scripture tells us that To remove that sin, a penalty has to be paid. But unfortunately, again, none of us could be good enough to overcome that penalty and pay it ourselves. But God understood that. And he sent Jesus into the world to purchase forgiveness for you, for me, for the entire world. And he offers it freely to us if we will believe in him and accept his forgiveness. Now, believing also means following him. So if you want to follow him, to say yes to that invitation to believe in him, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, and then I'm going to pray for all of us that we would just respond to him. So in this prayer, I'm going to give it to you a a few lines at a time, and you can just repeat it silently where you are. And if you do pray that prayer, I would love to know, because I'd like to give you some material to encourage you. There's a connection card again in the seat back pocket in front of you. You can just put your name and your email on that, drop it in our offering box, and I'll send you an email with some information. But here's the prayer. If you would, bow your heads. Let's pray. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. And today, I want to trust him as my Savior and follow him as my Lord. We pray this 
in the name of Jesus. But now I'll continue to pray for all of us. Lord, you've, you've called all of us to share the good news. Encourage us, nudge us, embolden us to do that as you lead. Tune our hearts and our minds to you. And we pray all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.